Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from pewterreport.com, along with Mark Cook, also from pewterreport.com. Today with the Bucks' first OTA report of the year. The Bucks were back on the field, Mark. This is great news, isn't it? I, I was back on the field, John. That's even better news. today. Well, I wasn't participating in practice. Thank goodness. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good to be back out there. It was it was better than the rookie minicamp, which only had twenty six guys out there. Today there was only about forty guys, including missing the entire starting twenty two. They just weren't there, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But but John, there's no question about it. It is a Celsius type day. My day started early. It's still going on, and I got work to do after this podcast. So Celsius is uh, – this is the perfect day for me to pop open a Celsius. I've got the sparkling grapefruit right here, and uh, and I can assure you before the day's over, that one will be guzzled because I'm going to need it for sure. Oh, absolutely. And as always, we'll have plenty to talk about on this show, as we always do. We'll talk about these Brady Bunch practices. That's what I'm calling them. I'm dubbing them the Brady Bunch practices that are not being held at the Bucks facility. Why is this? We will get into that on today's show and why Bruce Arians wants them in the Bucks facility. We'll also talk about Antonio Brown finally officially signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Seemed like it took forever because it did. But now he's officially back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They also have a, a free agent corner that they brought in. They have uh, Keyshawn Vaughn learning the ropes and kind of his position and developing and lots of stuff going on with Vaughn today. Giovanni Bernard is trying to double dip into some of these sessions. Some growing pains for an offensive lineman. Lots of takeaways to come from today's first practice of OTAs. And it's all brought to you by our friends over at Celsius. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. What do you got there? You said you had, what are the kinds you said? Grapefruits you and orange. I got a grapefruit and an orange. I'm a citrus guy, man. Back in the old soda days, right I was a sun-kissed or a Fanta guy. I love orange. Orange sodas yeah. are good. This is the perfect replacement if you were a soda drinker for the caffeine mm -hmm. like I used to be. You can eliminate all the sugar but still get that boost and that energy that you need. Yeah, a lot of people have said that actually about how Celsius has helped them be able to whoop soda. They're too much soda yeah. and it's bad for them. And now being into Celsius has helped them whip that because there's no sugar in Celsius. Uh, it accelerates metabolism. It does so many good things for you. The heat, I love the heat line. I'm, this orange sickle that I'm drinking, that's a top five for me. Um, I almost drank the peach vibe today. That's a top five for me. There's a lot of good flavors out there. You can check them out at Celsius.com, but it is the energy drink. I'm telling you, I don't drink soda. I don't drink energy drinks. I'd be the last person in the world. Anybody who knew me growing up could attest. I'd be the last person in the world to recommend any of these things. When I tried Celsius, it really changed the game for me. So if you do your workouts uh, like in the morning, like I do really early, you know this helps me. I don't wake up that fast, man. It helps me out a lot. So I, I always try I, to drink I one and 
while it's not FDA approved, I would say that it's also helping your hair grow, John. Your hair's getting long there. I'm looking at it in the screen there. Is so, it? you know, if you're going bald, maybe Celsius helps. Can't can't maybe. say that for sure. But uh, hey. if you look at John, you see his hair growing rather rapidly right now. Maybe it is because of these Celsius. Who doesn't? Maybe it's energized my hair to get its yeah. job done uh, more quickly. But definitely check out Celsius.com. Go to the banner ads over at PeterReport.com. Click on those. Get yourself some Celsius and try out some of the new flavors today. All right, Scott. All right, Mark. Uh, every single time we've been on the podcast, I've started to call you Scott or fully called you Scott. Scott, by yeah, the way, Scott, still... Scott hasn't been here for like a month now. Right. I mean, he's it's... been he's been on IR. <laughs> now he's it's we've moved him up to physically enabled to perform. Uh, he's on the pub today, list, and uh, we may be activated him next week. Did he? That's right. He FaceTimed me today and couldn't speak, so I answered the phone and I said. Just like this. <laughs> just see what he'd say. And he started laughing, of course. And he couldn't speak, so he just like showed me a screen. And he wanted to check yeah. out something with the SEO of one of our articles he wanted my confirmation on. But he showed it to me, and then I was like, all right, see you. And then hung up. No words were exchanged. Um, so it's that's where Scott's at still. He's still he's working through it, coming back off the IR with Larry and John. You know, so while, while I hate that he's yeah, going he through an illness – I'm not going to say I haven't, you know, it's, it's been kind of nice and quiet, John. He hasn't called and yelled at me lately. So I mean, I'm sure Ashley's, know. I'm sure Ashley's not complaining at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. His kids are loving it, man. They're not getting the the Reynolds lectures that they normally get. And Scott can That's lecture right. now. I've been part of those lectures. He can lecture very good. <laughs> That's funny. But no, you were there today at Bucks OTA's practices. You got to see firsthand kind of what was going on, but more importantly, what wasn't going on, Mark, was any of the starters. And they weren't out there on the field. We found out last night that Tom Brady and most of a lot of the Bucks starters, at least, we don't know confirmation on everyone. I think Chris Godwin, we know, is there. Ronald Jones, Giovanni Bernard, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Cameron Braid, Cam Braid. Um, mm -hmm. Blaine Justin Gabbard, Watson. Ryan Griffin. Yes, Justin Watson. All those guys, so we know Chris Godwin. I don't know if I said him, but yeah, all Godwin, those guys yeah. were at at at, or at practices that are being held at the Yankees offseason training facility, Legends Field. Um, they're practicing there right now. We don't know if they went again today or how often they're doing it or what the schedule is there, but they're not using the Bucks facility, even though Bruce Arians has said, Hey, use the Bucks facility. I don't care if you do it, you know, but come use the Bucks facility if you're going to do it, and you know, just for safety purposes, they aren't doing right. it. I can't figure out why like why would you you don't have to do anything the team structure you get to do your right. own workouts your own stuff you can plan it brady can run it like he said all that but just do it literally on our ground so that if you get hurt you're covered and why why won't the players i'm i'm confused yeah. about when given that level of freedom and flexibility within the negotiation of the otas why players wouldn't take advantage of kind of what seems to me like the perfect win-win scenario no, I agree, and, and it was a little confusing because we asked Bruce about that. Well, Bruce started off just right off the bat talking about the attendance that was there. This was following the practice today. Of course, first of all, let me set it up. We all get there this morning um, about 10.15. We get in, practice starts at 10.30, and all the reporters were just scouring with our binoculars trying to figure out who's there, who's not there. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there jotting down names. I'm texting you guys. We're trying to figure out and put together a list of who is there and who's not there. Mm -hmm. um, so that was part of it. But Bruce talked about it right off the right out of the uh, gate after practice during his press conference, and it was a little confusing because he said, you know, look, even if these guys had showed up today, none of the starters would have been out there on the field. But yet, yeah. I want the starters out here practicing on this field. I'm, you know, I don't understand that uh, angle that he took there with that with that line of questioning. But I'm, I'm, I'm like you. 
I mean, you've got, let's see, there's one, two, three, at least four immaculate practice fields, better than they're going to find yeah. at a high school anywhere, better they're going to find at the Yankee place. I mean, these, these, these fields are in pristine condition right now, and they haven't been used a lot. And so I don't really understand why they aren't using the facility, to be honest with you, unless it's just them taking some sort of stance, John. I mean, we, yeah. we saw, you know, the Players Association kind of, is it, is, is it, is it a political thing? Not uh, a, a, a U.S. political thing, but a but a internal yeah, a political league, thing. I, I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. That's the only thing I can figure. I know Brady said, but Brady said to the players, like, if you're going to show up for OTAs, make sure you negotiate for ideal practice situations, like what you want. You know, negotiate for the OTAs right. that you want to protect you. I agree with him on that. I think players should negotiate for it. But it feels like Aaron's just like, sure, come, come do whatever you want. Do whatever yeah. you want it. Just do it yeah. here. So that if you got hurt, you're covered. And I just I can't figure out why the players wouldn't do that. That doesn't make any sense to me right now. So it will be great. I mean, I can't wait to ask him in two weeks, like, why? I mean, why didn't you, you at least use the Bucks facilities for safety purposes so that you know yeah. something happens, you know, you're training on the team's you know. So to me, that doesn't make any sense at all. If anybody in the comments has insight into why that would be the case, I can't. I can't for the life of me figure out why they would not want kind of what to me looks like the best of both worlds. Somebody mentioned that Mike Evans was at the practice with Brady. Can anybody, Capo, who always listens to the pod, says Mike Evans was there too. Can anybody confirm or was there – I didn't see an image of Evans on Brady's Instagram, but maybe Evans posted one of himself. Maybe Brady left him off. It seemed like he was trying to get everybody that was – a picture of everybody that was there right. kind of up. So maybe there, maybe he didn't though because didn't see Mike Evans, I mean, didn't see if, Scotty if, Miller, didn't see Leonard. If you're if 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 <clears throat> excuse me, if you're putting a picture of Justin Watson catching a pass and Mike Evans is there and are not using Mike Evans, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So I would hey, maybe, maybe he's looking at it like you would. Maybe he's looking at it like my boy Jay Watt needs some love. I gotta maybe boost him up a little bit. Maybe so. Maybe he sees the writing on the wall that Jay Watson, this may be all the publicity this guy gets. He may not be on the team next year. We'll see. Special teams right. guy, good guy. Uh, we'll see. But you know, John, and special and we'll teams get in tackles last season, Bruce Aaronson. Yeah. So yeah, difficult. And, and, that six wide receiver spot, or that they keep seven. It's there's a lot to figure out. Well, and that's what Bruce said today. That's going to come down to special teams. That that fifth, sixth cornerback. Same thing with safety and also wide receiver and tight end. He yep. mentioned those are really four positions where you're going to get your special teams guy, and those battles are going to take place. And a lot of it isn't necessarily going to be what you can do in your particular position position group as much as what you're going to be able to do on the special teams because if you are that fifth sixth or seventh guy you're not going to you know the odds of you seeing the field is slim to none unless there's just a rash of injuries so you're going to have to make the team on special teams um and um so anyway that's something that bruce mentioned as well today yeah it's a uh, man i i the more i think about it mark i think they're going to keep seven wide receivers on this team we're obviously super early i reserve the right to change my opinion on that but I think that last roster spot, they're going to look at a sixth corner, a fifth safety, uh, another a tenth offensive lineman. They're going to look at that kind of stuff, and they're just going to say, "How are we we going to keep Jalen Darden, and we're going to keep Justin Watson, and Justin Watson's just yeah. going to be a gunner for us, and that's just going to be what it is, and he's going to basically have to replace you know what one of our corners would do, but on special teams, you know, I think they'd love a corner to win that job. And by the way, there's a hundred corners here. <laughs> we should yeah. probably talk Including about that. Including adding a I new mean, one, yeah. Yes, including adding a new one. Exactly right. So for those uh, people who don't know, 
D. Delaney today was added uh, from Washington. Uh, well, actually, he was like he was undrafted free agent to Jacksonville. Spent some time in Miami. Spent some time in New York with the Jets. Right. Spent some time in Washington in 2019. Then wasn't on anybody's team over the past year, 14 months. He hasn't had a team. Now he's signing with the Bucks. 5'11", 200 pound corner, ran a four four six uh, out of uh, and college. A start, at Miami. And a starter today in practice. I'm just kidding. We can't really and, call wow. anybody starters, but he was uh, on the field. Say, I, that's I still, was. His first I was day. Watching. It was his first day. I, and, and he was really lining up with the first group. I, and again, I don't want to sit here and the Buccaneers hate when we do that, when we even do that in training camp, when we say, you know, first string, second string, whatever. Hey, they're not, we, watching, we they're not watching the pod. They're probably no, they probably not. are watching. They probably are watching the pod. So, they better somebody be. in that organization is watching the pod, certainly after <laughs> we were there today. But uh, but 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 he was uh, he was out there because I remember sitting there and I'm looking with the binoculars where we were at. We were at the far end zone and they were down closer. We. If 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 you've been to one Buccaneer place back behind, um, they were closer to the building in that end zone and working out of that end zone primarily all day. And we were in the far end right. zone where that pond is uh, over in that kind of in that corner. So, uh, but anyway, I was peeking with the binoculars trying to see who was lining up, trying to get a feel for you know. Again, some guys are going to get first team reps. I mean, they had uh, Britt and they had Stewart. They were they were on the field primarily together today at the linebackers mm -hmm. position. Uh, when, when one came off, they usually both came off. So um, again, it's not first or second string, but there are guys that are getting probably a few more reps than some of the others. And, uh, and Delaney was one of those guys that I was surprised at how many reps he was getting, because when I looked, I had to pick up my roster because I didn't recognize the number. And even with the binoculars, I was like, does that say Delaney? What is that? And I looked on the roster and I said, I felt really bad, John. I was telling you before the pod that I was like, man, I'm a really bad reporter because I should know all 90 guys on this roster. And I was like, man, when, when did they get this guy? Little did yeah. we know at the time they had signed him that, what, this morning probably or last night? I don't know, whatever it was. It wasn't even announced until after the practice was over today, though. So right. anyway, yeah. I didn't feel that bad. No, I mean, I think that all of this stuff matters, but it's still kind of always within the context of the situation. And obviously the situation at this practice was 35 to 40 players were there. Uh, no starters on either side of the ball were there. Right. Um, key players that were there, were, you know, Giovanni Bernard was there, you know, obviously one of the few new guys. So he's trying to get in those reps and Bernard talked to us after practice and he said he's trying to do both. So he was at Brady's workouts. He and Ryan Griffin mm -hmm. both were at Brady's workouts. And then I'm going to call them the Brady Bunch workouts. And then then he was at Bucks OTA practices, and he said he's going to keep trying to do that. So we'll see what Brady and that crew has kind of in store uh, as they continue to train and get ready. But Giovanni Bernard double dipping can't be a bad thing, right? He has thrown himself into the process, getting acclimated, and boy, yeah, you got to learn that offense. And and yeah. and you know, and what he's what he's able to do today on the field was actually pick up and learn the offense. And Bruce mentioned this; he would rather them be out here at this field. But they're not getting in while he likes them getting together and doing work. They're not, you know, facing cornerbacks and they're not facing blitzing linebackers and things like that. It's more of a throwing session, I think, is what Bruce called it today. But um, but um, but Giovanni is 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 getting the chemistry with Brady in those sessions while at the same time learning the offense in the second session. And so um, I, I would be honest with you, if I were some of those other guys, a Tyler Johnson, a Herb Miller. Um, um, you know, some of these other guys that was, was that Herb there today? Guys. You said Tyler Johnson. No. Tyler Johnson was not there today. No, was Herb no Tyler was not OTAs? there. No, was Herb, Herb was not there. Uh, Cockrell was not there. Uh, Herb wasn't there. Wow, Herb just I did not I mean, see Herb. I looked around in for like, Herb. He's walking around I, like he's I know. a roster lock. 
Herb. I, and, and, you know, and, and here's the deal. Let's run through some more of these players. A guy like Anthony yeah. Nelson, kind of surprised he was there because Greg Allman and I were talking. The, the, there were three guys who were roster locks, right? Giovanni Bernard, probably Keyshawn Vaughn, and Anthony Nelson. Those were the three that were there. I Stinny, think those were Wells. the three that we came up with. I, I I don't remember. I didn't spend a lot of time watching the offensive line when they were doing individuals. Again, um, there were three different things going on. Well, well, there was a lot of different. There was a lot of individual periods going on, and and we were kind of just stuck in one spot. But, um, you know, I don't I don't remember Stenny being there. I mean, he may have been. I I don't know. But as yeah. far as you know, roster locks. Those were the three that 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 we came up with. Um, Greg and I when we were. East. Yeah, other than the rookies. And again, you don't have right. any that make the team, but they were all there. All the rookies were there. Mm-hmm. So right. anyway, somebody and just still said, no participation Woo, wake up, Mark. What does that mean? Woo, wake up, Mark. Do I look tired? Well, I am tired, but I'm talking. I mean, I'm not slurring my speech. I haven't fell asleep yet. I'm not sure what Bill Flyers uh, <laughs> means by that. Anyway, by the way, somebody asked, just... was TJ Logan there? TJ Logan no. is not on the roster right now, but yeah, hopefully that changes. Yeah, there's no Logan there. For camp. I don't, yeah, I don't see that happening. He might, you TJ know, who, Logan shit may have sailed. You know who, who, who just has stood out in in the in the rookie mini camp. He was there for that, but he was also here again today. Is a receiver Travis Johnson? I don't know. I think it might be just because he's going into a second year. He's got some familiarity with the offense. He's not a rookie, so he's not his head's not out there swimming. Right, man. He just looks. He just looks like a really, really good. He's a big target, man. He almost looks like a tight end running around out there. But, but he runs such. I was trying to pay attention to his routes. He probably caught the most balls of anybody today, even more mm. than Darden. And Darden looked really good. If you, we've just got a practice report up right now. Uh, so after this podcast, please go check that out on pewterreport.com. And um, yeah. Darden looked really good. He had one particular play, John, where he caught like a a quick kind of seam pass, and I don't remember if it was from Trask or from uh, Ryan. But we Bruce has talked about not his speed, but his ability to cut, right? To stop and start and to cut. And that mm-hmm. was on full display on one. And I didn't happen to catch that on video. I wish I did, but it was coming right towards us. And he caught the ball. A linebacker went to try and tackle him. He stopped. The linebacker went flying. Then here comes a cornerback from the outside edge. He gives him a little juke and then, boom, blows by everybody. Well, not everybody. The only person right. left was a safety trying to recover at that point. That was the first time that I saw what Bruce was talking about. And, again, we've seen it on film. But but to see it live in action for your, for, for the first time, um, you know, to see Darden, you know, you see where they, they see that specialness from this guy, particularly with his ability to stop and start and to be able to cut and make guys miss. So he's going to be an exciting guy to watch in preseason. Now, how much he gets to play during the regular season, I don't know. He was also, and I put this in the practice board, he and Jaden Mickens were the two guys fielding punts uh, at the beginning beginning of practice. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but and, I like Travis Johnson, man. And again, it's an uphill climb. He's not going to probably make this roster uh, or the 53 man. Maybe he's a practice squad guy, but I know that they liked him last year. But, um, you know, he just, to me, he was the best receiver on the field today by really, I, I don't want to say by far because Darden had his moments too, but he just caught everything thrown his way and, and they threw the ball to him a lot. He's a big target too. Mm-hmm. And, and he runs really good routes. He was able to create a lot, a lot of separation when they went to their seven on seven and their, and their full 11 yeah. on 11 kind of drills. To me, Travis Johnson is like uh, the practice squad lock. You know what I mean? Like there's like no yeah. way he makes the final roster unless there's like a horrible rash of injuries. But 
practice squad lock that feels really likely to me for him because they love the versatility again he, he can simulate guys like Taysom hill and they'll need that obviously a couple times yeah and he gives you the ability to do some things if you ever needed to get that down far that far down in the wide receiver depth chart you'd like a guy that can you know add a wrinkle to your offense and that's definitely something that he brings to the table so i will be very excited to watch him next week when i'm at otas also at minicamp, obviously, and then into training camp. But you mentioned the trade that's going to be happening here, right? Like the Jaden Mickens probably is out and, and Jalen Darden is probably in. And that's going to be a you know, trade that the Bucks are probably kind of said that we're going to make uh, when they when they moved up to draft Jalen Darden in the fourth round. Another trade you can make is with Symbol. Symbol, Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports in the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 2,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. The stock market for sports is just a tap away. Create a free account in seconds and start profiting from your sports knowledge with Symbol. So make sure you check out Symbol and use that promo code PewterReport. Uh, or Peter, I'm sorry, to get uh, a great feel for Symbol and kind of what they're offering, but some really cool, innovative stuff going on there at Symbol. All right, we got to talk about the rest of this uh, practice and some of the big takeaways. Obviously, you mentioned the wide receiver room looking the way that it's looked and the punt returns from Mickens or the reps from Mickens and Darden. That is going to be something we watch all practice, uh, you know, yeah. all throughout the practices, all throughout the preseason games. It's critical because – Jalen Darden's, I'm not saying he isn't a lock to make the roster, but I just, you know, and I think he's going to make it. And I think he's going to win that return job, but he has to be confident and win that, that thing. Cause that's going to be his role right now. You know, maybe two, three years sure. from now, who knows what Jalen Darden's going to bring to the table and offer this team. But right now, I mean, that is a guy that he's got to make it as a return guy this season. And he's got to be impactful and not waste opportunities for this team. They are too good to have somebody, you know, he's a rookie, but he didn't do a lot of, he didn't have a lot of returns in college. He didn't get a lot of opportunities. And so well, the, how quickly he does that, I think is going to be crucial. The The advantage that I think he has over, over Jaden Mickens is, is, is they see him as a potential threat on the offensive side of the ball, not just yeah. as a return guy. And I don't mean he's taking anybody's spot or a lot of reps away, but some specific packages and things they'll install with him. We didn't see Jaden Mickens on the field at all last year. I mean, very, very rarely we see on the field unless it was as just a kick returner. So yeah. I think that gives Darden that huge, huge advantage. As long as he doesn't, you know, get that Dexter Jackson, I'm scared to death when the lights come on kind of feel. And I just don't take that. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't get I don't that either. vibe from him at all. I mean, the game yeah. is not too big for him. He, he played in the, you know, smaller conference and, 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 you know, he didn't play, you know, in front of 85,000 screaming people in Tuscaloosa and Alabama and, and Florida state and Florida and places like that. But uh, I don't think the game is too big for this guy. I, I don't think there's any, you know, other than an injury, I don't think there's any way that he doesn't win that job. And again, experience. Okay. Um, you know, he didn't do a lot of it in college, but he has the traits that you look for because so far he has not shown any sign of, um, you know, being afraid again, the pads right. will come on in late July when training camp comes on. And all of a sudden we have seen guys who are is, is when I coached football, we had a, uh, my, my JV coach used to say t-shirt all American, right? You look great in your t-shirt and shorts, but when the pads come on and the lights come on, that's how we find out if we have any real football players here, but I have a feeling Jaden Garden's a hell of a football player and he'll be fine. Yeah, I think he's I, a lot. I agree. Player. I agree with you too. I mean, I'm very excited to watch. 
watch him, obviously. I mean, it goes without saying. Yeah. He's, you know, he's very exciting. But I think an extra eye on those returns just because the Bucks wide receiver is what it sure. is. Right now, that's just going to be a really, really difficult uh, room to crack. Reginald Gray wants to know, was OJ Howard there or was he chilling in the tub as usual? Wow. First of all, hey, Reginald. I don't appreciate hater. it. Just wrote about OJ Howard today. And then he happened to be on the Pat McAfee show. I did not know. Pad did not tell me that was happening. So I did not know about that. And then he, I think he was on there today and he has some good comments to, to, to make as well. But he was not there, though. OJ Howard, you said you didn't see OJ Howard. You didn't see Alex Kappa. And you did not yeah, see. Yeah, none of the Jordan injured Whitehead. guys were there. Now, now, Coach Coach said afterwards that, you know, these guys have been in and out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they come in for training. And they even mentioned that some of the veteran guys have been I guess in and out of the building somewhat. He wouldn't, you know, he would like to see those veteran guys. He doesn't want to see them necessarily on the field or in OTAs, but he wouldn't mind seeing them in some of the meetings and things like that. Yeah. Um, right. Again, that may be part of that whole negotiation or whatever it is. I, I don't know what's going on there. Like you said, in a couple of weeks when we get to talk to these players a little bit more, we'll be able to ask them specifically what their line of thinking was as far as that goes. But OJ was not out on the field. There wasn't any of the guys that were banged up that are recovering from injuries that were there watching except for Joe Tryon he was the only one really yeah. of an of, of, the, of the injured nature that was there and I do like you know look Joe needs to get on the field and be able to do some things but I will say this and we've seen years past where guys that were hurt were just kind of standoffish over by themselves mm-hmm. now Greg Schiano Greg Schiano now you talk about tough I remember him making those guys if they weren't practicing they were out there using those big heavy rope things that i don't even know what those things are called but you see people doing mm-hmm. it crossfit all the time i mean those guys were constantly working they were just standing on the sideline yeah. but we have seen guys in years past just kind of standing off by themselves wearing what we call the bucket hats when practices happen during the regular season john we'll go out to practice we get the first 20 or 30 minutes and basically we count bucket hats who's practicing today who's not practicing today the only bucket hat and he wasn't wearing a hat but i'm using that as a reference was was try on but but he was involved in every aspect of what was going on uh whether it was cheering guys on from the sideline when they were in individuals he was right there with the coaches so you know he's active he's not just standing off he wants to be part of it i guess you know he's just not quite there yet he hasn't had a brace on that knee um, no braces. In fact, I went back and looked at the pictures from rookie minicamp and he wasn't wearing a brace and he was actually running mm-hmm. around a little bit. So, um, it, whatever it was, was not majorly severe, obviously, uh, because they don't let guys on the field with any, you know, serious knee injuries yeah. that, that, without braces, even if they're recovering. So, uh, I think it was very minor and I think he'll, he'll be ready possibly for that rookie. I mean, uh, for the, for the mandatory mini camp in a couple of weeks, but certainly by the time training camp rolls around, but, but he needs these. And again, John, we can say, well, you know, he's missing out on all these reps. Well, Tristan Wirfs missed out on reps and Antoine Winfield missed out on OTA and off season yeah. reps. And it didn't seem to hurt them, but for a pass rusher in particular, I think it's important for him to get as many reps and, and being on the field. You can only learn so much standing on the sideline. Especially with his skill set right now, where it's at to me, like he needs to play more. You just you didn't yeah. play all last season. You've been training, you've been working, watching your tape from that one year. You know what I mean? You've been studying 2019 tape, and you need new tape. You need new tenants. You need to f- create new habits. You need to be on the field. I think it's very important that he gets out on the field. Um, and and obviously his injury is not serious, so I expect to see him out on the field soon. You know, I I yeah. would. He'll say, I mean, Bruce already said he'd be out there for mandatory minicamp. I don't think it's a huge deal that he's not out there for these, you know, OT two days they're on the field for OTAs or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I think that in general, the more, the quicker he can get reps and the more reps he can get, uh, the better off. I mean, Jason Pierre Paul, you know what he is. He, he doesn't need mandatory minicamp reps. 
he doesn't need a ton of training camp reps. He barely practiced all year and had a great season. Like, you know, just right. get Joe Tryon a bunch of looks in those. That, I think it's going to be super important for the Bucks to take I, really I was, seriously. I was impressed to see Anthony Nelson out there. I think that tells you that this guy wants to get better, John, because again, he's going to make the team this year. I mean, I think so, but I mean, it's, but, there's definitely the possibility that they look at things and, and Mark and they say Cam Gill's way better on special teams, and we like well, his upside. And I'm that, not saying that, that's, he, I'm not saying that's that'll true, just, but but what I was saying is, as I think that's you know for a guy that we assume is going to make the team for him to be out there, you know, shows that, you know, he wants to get better. He's willing to work. I mean, there are guys that weren't there that I think should have been there. I was glad to see Keyshawn Vaughn there. I thought that was important for him to be able to, you know, to be there. He knows there's things he needs to work on. He needs to be able to earn these coaches trust. And you do that by being there. You can go out to Tom Brady's practice all you want, but to earn the coaches trust, they want to see you with their own eyeballs. They want to see you sitting in those meetings. They want to see you on the field, participating, soaking up and, and processing the information they tell you. So, um, you know, I, my hats are off to the, to the, to the veteran guys, even though they're kind of fringe guys to a degree that were there. Um, not Bernard. He's not a French guy, but you know, there were yeah. some guys that didn't have to be there and, and really nobody had to be there, John. It's all completely voluntary. Right. So, um, you know, and Bruce pointed that out as well, but, um, but it, it was good to see, you know, a guy like Anthony Nelson out there who you hope somehow catches fire and, and develops. But I think, uh, you know, gosh, you know more about this because you've studied him a little bit more. I know he wasn't your favorite guy coming out. You know, is Anthony Nelson what we saw last year? Is that Anthony Nelson? I mean, is that is did yeah. we see the ceiling last year? I don't know. Is he just a, a reliable kind of backup guy to give a guy a brief? I think I he know. is. Yeah, I think he is. But I think there's value to having a guy like Anthony Nelson, too. I mean, you, he gets into a game. He's going to hold the line. He knows what he's supposed right. to do. He can defend the run for sure. He's not smart. He's just there's no upside. There's no pass rush potential with him to reach, in my opinion. He I know he tested athletic. But I just said at the time, I think it's fool's gold. I mean, gold. I mean, I think he 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 got those exercises down. Good for him, you know, because he got himself trapped in the fourth round. But to me, his tape just it wasn't that athletic of a guy on tape. So, but I still like him. I still want to keep him on the roster. I don't think yeah. he's like unplayable or anything. It's not like when he gets on the field, you know. Yes, when they drop him into coverage, I definitely like pull my hair out. But that's not his fault. That's that's right. Todd Bowles' fault, in my opinion. But. I, I don't he's not he's a guy not a liability on the field necessarily. He's not, he's I don't not think a liability, so, right? but he's but he's also there's no, there's no juice. Right. He just doesn't do anything fast, you know. So right. in the NFL, it's just a fast league, you know. So I could see him not making the team, but I don't it's not to me the end of the world if he's can he can like he become a Carl Nassib? No. Uh, I mean Carl Nassib is just a different like up he, like He's yeah. crazy. He's crazy. He is crazy. Um, now, Carl Nassib is also, I mean, like last year, he had a disastrous year. And I think if right. he plays in the league 10 years, he'll have two or three, like, just really bad years because he just plays out of control sometimes. He doesn't contain. He doesn't always do his job. So they're different, really different players. I know they look the same, but I and I know the Bucks probably thought they were getting, you know, another Carl Nassib type with they, Nelson. But, I mean, they, Nelson they, can't play inside. So that that's another thing. The word we got was he's a more athletic Carl Nassib. That was yeah, kind I of think the that's what they hoped. we got. Right. I think they got a less violent, less versatile Carl Nassib, but probably somebody who's a little more steady. Anthony Nelson might <laughs> be know, too nice to be a pass rusher. I mean, you know, yeah, Jason Lyle will tell you that. That that Jason Line will tell you that when you look at pass rushers mm -hmm. throughout historically through the league, most of them are a little bit crazy. You know what I mean? I mean, there are exceptions to the rule. Leroy Selman was the nicest man you'll ever meet in your life, but was just a violent guy on the football Barrett's. field. Yeah. 
yeah, but but uh, but but they got to be a little off, you know. A lot of them are off, you know, when you start looking at them. So anyway, I don't. Crazy. He's I don't I don't know that Anthony has got the uh, the crazy gene in him or not. That's right. Yeah, but he is physical. I don't want to make it sound like I don't think he's so, but I think Carnage. I'm not just fighting like, him. Kind of I'm not going to wrestle yeah. the guy. I'm not going to try and block him. I'll tell you that much. That's for sure. Capo wants to know. Uh, hey, people are yelling at him because nobody likes the NBA in Tampa. I've been told. Uh, but I disagree. Not football related, but have you guys been watching the NBA playoffs? Mark, do you watch the NBA playoffs? You no. watch the Lightning. What I do you watch? watch other than, do you watch any other sports other than football? Um, surfing. The lightning in the playoffs. And surfing. that's uh, it. Uh, what? John, it's don't sports. start with me. Don't it's start a, with me. I didn't say water have ever, activity. Have you ever stood on a surfboard? It's pretty, you got to be pretty athletic. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I don't do it anymore. But uh, yeah, no, the other sports I watch, I, I watch other playoffs but the nba um i, I really kind of I, I watched it a few years ago but i you know the no crowd kind of deal last year the whole bubble thing was kind of a boring process to me i don't the know crowd does i mean make I, an nba game it sure. really the does it, crucial and i i love the nhl playoffs i really do i love um i love major league baseball playoffs a lot i love watching the race i won't watch a Rays regular season game unless i'm over at my dad's he likes to watch baseball but um mm -hmm. you know if it's on tv but I'm not going to make a point of watching regular season baseball or hockey mm. or really NBA basketball. But when the playoffs start, I normally do. I'll watch the finals of the NBA. I normally do do that. Yeah. But uh, it's pretty much football. But NFL and college football is what I watch. Occasionally, I'll watch some soccer, some German league soccer or something. But not. I not I love I love the NBA playoffs. I follow the leagues year round, but I can't. Who's your watch team in everything. the NBA? So Who's when I was a teenager, the Warriors were the eight seed. The Mavericks were the one seed. The Warriors had the small ball lineup, and they came back. They or they beat the Mavericks in that series, an eight seed over a one, which at the time had never happened in a seven game uh, NBA series before. When that happened, I was like, I'm becoming a Warriors fan. Like I was all about right. that team. And Baron Davis, Stephen Jackson, they had Monte Ellis. They were just a fun team. And then over the years, like I kept cheering for them. But again, I'm like not like football for me, not like the Penguins for me. But you don't have a team in Pittsburgh, so you just pick one. And then I'd always right. like the Suns growing up. I'd always play with the Suns in NBA Live from the time I was like nine years old. Like uh, you know, and then as the early 2000s teams with Sean Marion and, and Steve Nash and all those guys, you know, right. as they were coming up, I always played with those teams. So those were always my two teams. Those have always been my two teams. I've never really deviated Johnny's. from that. When they got Steph Curry, I was pumped because he was my yeah. favorite college player. And I thought it's he'd be like a good three-point, you know, six guy someday, and he ends up becoming a complete a star. So it was fun. Well, yeah. I I grew up, and, you know, Scott and I were old. So we grew up in the heyday. And, again, people older than me will say they grew up in the heyday. But And, and you, 20 years from now, say you watched the heyday of the NBA with LeBron and, and Steph Curry and – um you know, Durant, those guys. But I mean, it's hard to watch the NBA today after you grew up watching Michael Jordan win six rings. When you watched Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and when you watched Hakeem Olajuwon and you watched Clyde Drexler and those guys, I mean, to me, man, that was just, uh, that was just Love the, that era. The, the greatest era of basketball to me, one yeah. of the greatest eras in sports personally. So today's game is a different game. Dominique Wilkins, I mean Spud, yeah. I mean Spud Webb winning a slam dunk contest at five five or whatever he was. I mean, right. It, it I love the intensity a, of the playoffs, but it's hard regular season. I mean, to consistently get into any yeah. of the sport other than football, in my opinion. But definitely, they play the playoffs, too many games, oh. man. The games don't. To me, yeah. that's what I love about college football is every game is so crucial, yeah. and even and the, the NBA NFL, and yeah. the NFL to a degree yeah, too, as right. well. I mean, they play once a week. 
Anyway, yeah, I, people are tuning out as we're talking NBA, but sorry. No, I, I people understand. You know, we got to jump into some other sports. We'll, we'll definitely slide lightning talk in here. I know people don't want to talk about lightning after last night. I don't want to talk about the Penguins or the lightning. We watch both yeah. games, my wife and I, and we're not happy about either after uh, that night. But do want to mention that if you're in any of these sports or football, Playbook Products is definitely the place to go. They make these unbelievably detailed coasters. Um, just unbelievable products that Mug Mark's got there. Uh, go over to playbookproducts.com. Check out some of the stuff that they do. They are the perfect gifts. Father's Day is coming up. I mean, they yes. are terrific gifts. Um, they are really just well done craftsmanship. But again, you can do it. It's not just football either. I mean, you're talking about hockey, basketball, they've baseball. They've got all kinds of stuff. I'm pretty sure they got soccer stuff up there. Like they've got all kinds of stuff over at Playbook Products. So definitely uh, head out, head over there and check out some of their stuff. Um, because it's it is it's really good products and I think it can really uh, be a great gift for somebody for sure. So playbookproducts.com, check out their stuff uh, today for sure. All right, uh, hey, uh, hang on, hang on, this- Josh, Josh Allen. I gotta just hammer him. Oh, Bruins, baby. Nobody likes the Bruins, Josh. Just can't, stop. Can't do it with the Bruins. Just, can't do just, it with the Bruins. Just go away. No, but I will say true. this: the Bruins are going to beat whoever, <laughs> whoever comes out of this Penguins Islanders series for sure. I I hope it's the Penguins. I like to see them win a series, but I don't think they're going to beat the Bruins after that. But uh, uh, okay, so we I got to get back. I got to let me backtrack to Josh Allen's question before that. He said, "How did Javon Hagen look out there, Mark? If you remember, Mar- uh, Hagen drew a lot of praise from Arians at the end of rookie minicamp. Yeah. He was one of a couple guys we're about to talk about that drew some praise." From him at the end of rookie minicamp for the way that he played what did you get what were your thoughts on javon hagan did you notice him at all today yeah he, I, I, he was on the field a lot again i was you know i had the secondary had their back towards me again if you're trying to mm-hmm. picture the view that we had the offense coming towards us so you know and him obviously playing safety he was out there a lot today uh he you know he looked fine but you know we didn't see and i think i wrote it in the practice report there wasn't any like wow moment plays, right? There wasn't any diving interceptions. There wasn't any pick sixes. There weren't any, you know, amazing one-handed catches and things like that. It was, it was more of a workout than a practice. It was, it was, Mm. it's hard to say, you know, it's impossible to really say. I mean, again, when the coaches go back and look on film, they're, they're looking to say, okay, was Javon Hagan where he was supposed to be when he was on it? Was he covering the right guy? Was he, I can't tell from, you know, what what they were doing specifically he didn't look bad i didn't seem particularly mm-hmm. get beat but they didn't throw gotcha. the ball down the field at all today i mean there yeah. was no deep balls i mean i think the longest uh-huh. pass was like a wheel rat wheel route to a tight end which my man i say my man fan favorite soon to be fan favorite grant stewart that guy i mean he's running down the field 25 yards down the field breaking up a pass on a tight yeah. end you know what i mean and nice. got I got a, um, and I'm going to put that up on Twitter. I meant to do that so I could add mm-hmm. it to the practice story. That's one of the clips that I had, and the sideline just erupted and people, you know, yelling "Go Grant!" You know, because um, yeah. it was a very athletic play. Um, I asked Bruce about him today. How if he's made a jump from rookie minicamp, even in that week and a half since it's been rookie minicamp? You know, how is he processing what he learned at rookie minicamp? And Bruce was highly complimentary of him today. He just looks like a veteran out there, and I don't know what it is, John. He just you know, in, in Buccaneer fans, if you've been a fan for a few years, you remember Riley Bulla. He was he was that guy in preseason, right? You know, he was intense, and he was coaching up the defense as a second, and third, and fourth teamer. Um, but Grant Stewart has a lot of that. Now, Grant is, you know, he's, he's not the most athletically gifted guy. He doesn't have the best build. He doesn't have the greatest foot speed or lateral mm-hmm. movement or hips or any of those things. 
but uh but he's a ball player man and um again he's going up against guys that aren't even going to be on this football team for the most part he may not be on this yeah. football team we don't know but uh but just there's certain guys that stand out early. You know, I go back to Adam Humphrey's rookie minicamp. It's just a guy that stood out to me. Grant's one of those guys right now that in two sessions that I've seen has stood out to me. What it means for the yep. future, I have no idea. Right. Nobody does. There's a long way to go. Right. And Joe Jones, his wife was given birth or girlfriend, I'm not sure which, actually was given birth, I believe. Maybe today. Was, is that what Bruce Aaron said? And Yeah. And so, so he was Waiting not a baby. practice yeah, waiting on the baby or something like that. So he wasn't mm -hmm. in practice today because of that, but they are expecting him to be there. So that will bump some of the reps to him, but obviously there'll still be plenty to go around between uh, Stewart and, and KJ Britt especially. So those guys getting a lot of reps. Uh, Jenna Lane, by the way, did tweet out a list of everybody she observed. Pretty much matches up with what you said, I think, so far, Mark. I mean, Khalil Davis, Patrick O'Connor, these are players who were there. Benning, Potawaye, uh, yeah. I don't know if I said that right. Jeremiah Ledbetter, uh -huh. Kobe Smith, Sam Renner, Javon Hagan, Augie Contressa, the safety, Chris Wilcox, Lawrence White, uh, CJ Procise, KJ Britt, Grant uh, Stewart, um, Jarrell Adams, Tanner Hudson, Keyshawn Vaughn, Calvin Ashley, the tackle, Jaden Mickens, wide receiver, Donnell Stanley, Robert Hainsey, John Molshin, Sedarius Hutcherson, Nick Leverett, Brad Seaton. Welcome back, Brad. Danelle yep. Stanley again. I think she wrote that twice by accident. Or Danelle Stanley found a way to clone himself, in which case <laughs> the Bucs will probably keep him on the team. So, uh, Cyril Grayson and Jose Borales, or whatever that kicker's name is. I don't know his name. <laughs> I called him um, Mr. Bojangles. Uh, Jose Bojangles, Bojangles, yeah. There you yeah. Go. <laughs> then he's but wearing a Rob number. I would definitely get rid of that night. Do not yeah. wear 19. So it doesn't sound like – yeah, don't wear 19 for sure. It doesn't sound like Stanley Orwells were there, but you mentioned uh, Robert Haynes. He most of the work at center, but there were some reps where Sedarius Hodgerson took snaps as well. Yeah. That's pretty exciting and encouraging. Did somebody else take snaps too? Did you mention? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Leverett? Mulchin. Mulchin? Oh, was it Mulchin? Yeah. Yeah, it was Mulchin okay. took some reps at center too, uh, but it was primarily Hainsey was at center and um, and Hutchinson, uh, you know, they kind of flip-flop. When one was at center, the other one was at guard. Um, but Bruce said today, you know, I, I can't remember uh, who was it that asked the question about Hainsey being a three-position kind of guy. And Bruce That's said, been the last two times he spoke. Yeah, he said he's a five. He's five. He's a five-position guy. Um, I don't think you want to see him out at tackle, and I didn't see him taking any reps at tackle today. Mm -hmm. um, he was primarily inside guy, uh, yep. but he was he was the guy. Prim he was he, again. If you're gonna say going with the first team, whatever you want to call a first team and an OTA when half the team's not there, it was. Robert yeah. Hainsey seemed to be getting the most most snaps at center. Team. Right. And, and, he, and he moved to left guard. I didn't see him at right guard. I'm not saying he right. can't, but I was just trying to pay it, see where he was going when he left center. And he was playing, you know, in an alley spot over on the right side. They're probably trying to to train him on the left because he was on the right. He was a right tackle all the way through college. That's the only spot right. he played in college. But they're trying to train him probably at center and then left side to see, you know, to develop that part of his game. Um, but Bruce did say this about him after he praised him a little bit. He said he's got to quit snapping that thing to the quarterback's fingertips, though. Too many balls were on the ground today. But, yeah, yeah. he's a great position flexibility guy. So, clearly the development is still happening with Robert Hainsey. But it's also one of those things that you don't want to accelerate that process, Mark, but you look at the roster and you say, if Jensen gets hurt, you are almost in a situation right now. Unless, I mean, maybe Hainsey goes out, lights it up in preseason, and he has a bunch of good games, and they feel real confident. And we'll see. But it's probably Ali Marpeco in the center, right? I mean, I can't 
they don't really have another a, a number two, a great number two option. Unless Molshin or some of these guys that hasn't really played center shows up and all of a sudden is snapping like a champ. Um, that's I mean, because the number one thing you want out of the position, you have to get the snaps. Like if you don't have a guy who could snap, right. forget it. You know, they might not be a good blocker and you might be able to survive a game that way, but you can't survive a game if they can't snap. The so guy, you the guy, the the guy who touches the ball on every single play is the center. Yeah. Even the quarterback might not touch the ball. It might be a direct snap to a running back. So there's time, but the, there's no way you can have a football team without the center snapping the football. So right. that's such a crucial part of things. Um, and, you know, somebody brought up and we were talking about it actually during the practice today. I think it was, uh, uh, I don't remember who it was. We were talking about what happens with Jensen after this year. I know that you're going to have Brandon Thorne on, and I know that he, yeah. I, I'm going to be interested to hear that show. That's tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you're tomorrow, 3.30 p.m. Yes, Brandon will be yeah. on with me, and he'll talk a lot about, he studied every single snap, I think, of Jensen's career probably three times over. Nobody in the world, even Ryan Jensen hasn't watched as much tape of Ryan Jensen <laughs> of as Brandon has. I mean, I'm not kidding yeah. you. Um, he's literally, he's put together some stuff for Ryan, so he has a great kind of perspective into Ryan a little bit and, and what he brings to the table, so he's going to talk to us. Also, they've talk to us about Hainsey. The they development gotta figure center. out what they're going to do. They got to the figure future. out long-term center. I mean, yes, we're going to get Brandon's you know, thoughts on that part of it too, for sure. So we'll have a lot to talk with him about tomorrow yeah. at three thirty on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So Hainsey, that was part of it. Fun. Now the other thing, Mark is Brad Seaton. He's back. Brad is yeah. back. The only Bucks opt out from last season, and Bruce Arians loved it. He was. Does he get a ring? Him. If you're Brad Seaton, do you get a ring? I say this no. is what he said. I don't think he. That's a good question for Bruce. I don't know. Let's maybe we get a chance to talk to Brad. I, I guess not. He opted out, but he's still under contract, so he probably does. I don't know what yeah, he does. Or not. I don't know. Gosh, but Bruce I mean, said I was really happy to see Brad Seaton back. He opted out last year, and he looks fantastic. He looked really good. I have never watched Brad Seaton play football. I, I mean, I know I, he has gotten into an NFL game, I believe, before. I'm trying to remember now. Um, I can't remember. But he didn't obviously opted out last season. And I don't know that he – I'm going to look while we're on the show actually. Yeah. But th that he's like kind of a little bit of a hidden X factor in this whole O-line battle thing. Like everybody thinks Stinney right. and Wells will make it. Then people know that Haines and Hainsey will make it. Then right. is there a ninth guy? Okay, they liked Molshin last year as an undrafted guy. We'll see what he brings to the table. Obviously, Hutcherson is already kind of getting some right. favorable opportunity. Oh, if you can snap, like you might be able to win this job over Leverett or one of these other guys. You know, I think he both of those guys will get looks at that ninth spot. But Seaton's kind of the forgotten about guy because w Wells would be the only. I mean, unless they really think Hainsey can play tackle. Wells would be the only other tackle, you know, in the backup group because Stinney can't play tackle. And I know they say Hainsey can play five spots and he played tackle in college, but I just don't want to see him a tackle in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And you're going to spend all this time training him to play inside. And then all of a sudden, you know, you need a tackle and you see your guy. So anyway, I say all that to say that maybe, maybe the door's cracked for Brad Seaton to be yeah. able to get back into the this fact, thing. the fact that Bruce, you know, pointed out like that. I mean, they, they definitely have some love inside that room or inside that building for, Brad Seaton, yeah. and you're right, he's kind of an X-factor because he's kind of a forgotten guy. Until Bruce brought his name up today, I kind of had forgot about him, to be honest with you. You know, yeah. um, you know what, you know what, you know what, the thing that's great about offensive line, John, is is it's so important not only to be able to snap the ball, be able to run the ball, but but protection, you know, pass protection. Yeah. And you know who else is really good at protection? Oh. Briar Greaves. Oh. My friends at Briar Greaves. Because we all need protection, John. We all need insurance. Everybody listening to this podcast needs either health, Laura, they either need auto, life, 
um, homeowners, renters insurance. There's nothing that Briar Greaves can't write that somebody out there doesn't need right now. And they've been doing it for 30 years. John, I, you've barely been alive for 30 years. Aren't you just 30 years old? I, I'm 31. So I have All been right, alive so Bri for 30 Briar years, Greaves but... started his business when you were born. That's how long he's been in business. So you don't stay in business and doing one thing very long if you're not really good at it. And Briar Greaves is really, really good at what they do. I love Briar Greaves. I love Sam because you know they're the kind of people that will give you a call just out of the blue and just say, hey, let's review your policy because I'm a customer of Briar Greaves. Happened to me last spring, as a matter of fact. Briar just called me and said, hey, I was going through the file, looking at your policy. Do we want to make any adjustments? And we went over things and we went over values and we changed a few things here and there, saved a little bit of money. That's the great thing about Briar Greaves. Now, listen, Briar gets paid on how much he sells, right? I mean, he gets a commission mm -hmm. from these companies. For him to try and save me some money, that's cutting money out of his pocket. But he does the right thing because he cares about his customer. He'd rather keep you as a customer long term than to make a few bucks off of you and then you leave after a few years. So check out Briar Greaves. You can check them out online, briargreavesinsurance.com. But I recommend that you give them a call, 813-876-4166, 813-876-4166. Give Briar, give Sam a call, anybody in their office. They're really tremendous. I've worked with numerous people there because I actually had a claim that they helped me with this year as well. And again, it was really simple. Anytime I called, I got a hold of somebody. If they didn't have the answer, they got the answer and called me right back. That's Sam. That's Briar. That's that entire staff. Diana does a terrific job as well. But give them a call. I know if you're listening to this podcast, you need some insurance. And insurance is boring. I used to work in insurance. It is one of the most boring things in the world. But it's a necessary evil that we all have to carry. And if they can save you some money, why not put some extra money in your pocket? Give them a call. Compare your policy. One more time. 813-876-4166. Call Briar Greaves. Do it to day do it tomorrow make sure you do it this week absolutely love it love it love it very excited about this mr bucks nation town and out fury's two dollar super chat we appreciate that mr bucks nation john and mark let's go boys let's go peter report we're doing a fun little thing with mr bucks nation uh we are i'm actually going to be on mr bucks nation show on thursday i believe yeah thursday uh with mr bucks nice. nation and then he's coming on our show the next week. So we're going to be doing a little bit of a cross show type of thing. And I'm very, very excited about that. It's been a long time coming in the making. We hinted at during the draft that that would be coming. And now it is, and that time has arrived. So we'll have plenty to talk about, obviously, as these OTAs keep going. But we are very excited to be on there with James. It's going to be really good stuff with him. All right, let's close it out with this. Keyshawn Vaughn, man, he's the guy. He's one of the one of the button. I mean, trigger, you know, if you talk about Keyshawn Vaughn, the fans rise up on either side. You know, disappointment. You, you got to keep believing. Um, you know, the Bucks are obviously keep believing. But Bruce was pretty honest today about the fact that you know he's got to continue to get better, especially as a receiver. He said we talked about it a little bit today, catching the ball off balance, twisting, turning, working on his hips, and getting a little more flexible so he can catch some balls behind him because he's got really good hands. Little things like that. He's got. Great vision. We've always loved him as a runner. He's Bruce said that when he was on the Peter Report podcast right. last week. They loved him as a runner. It's just a matter of him continuing to improve as a pass receiver. That seems to be the big thing for him right now. Vaughn seemed like when we talked to him, I thought he I appreciated his honesty when I asked him what was the hardest thing about last year. And he said mentally it was just tough for him. When he got out there, he didn't get many reps. And then when he got out there, things didn't really go his way. I mean, you dropped three balls and 11 targets. You know, you could argue maybe for a couple more drops even there. You fumbled twice. He had that uh, 28 yeah, carries. Big I mean, fumble, it was just big fumble against against Chicago that kind of turned yep, the momentum. Fumble in the, the playoff game. That game around. 
the fumble in the wild card game that almost that was almost a, a game changing fumble. You know, that combined that with Godwin's five drops for, and the one drop touchdown there, yeah. it looked like those mistakes were going to kind of doom them. And that obviously that Vaughn carry you know, was a big part of it. They were in, moving into Washington territory when that happened. And so, yeah, he 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 was right. And I appreciate the fact that he kind of tabbed that just didn't things didn't really go that great when he was on the field. So for him, it's about being continuing to stay mentally tough. He gives off the to me when I when he talks, I think he's a guy that has a lot of confidence. Um, that's the feeling I get from him. Um, but it's still Mark. We just, I mean, realistically, what's 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 happening with this guy? I mean, he, he's a fourth running back. He's got to play special teams. Um, you know, you never know when injuries happen, especially that position. Guys get banged up in mid games for sure. Takes all wear and tear. But it's hard to envision him playing a lot more offense this year than he did last year. The running back room is even better than it was a year ago. He he's gonna have to take some inspiration from a guy that's in his room, and that's and that's uh, Ronald Jones. I mean, Ronald Jones had a disastrous rookie season, worse mm-hmm. than Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, you know, he averaged less than two yards a carry. I mean, it was just yeah, a dreadful rookie season. I thought, I thought, I, I honestly thought that, that the Buccaneers could actually potentially cut him. I would not have bet that Ronald Jones was going to make the roster his second year because his mm-hmm. rookie season was that bad. Um, so he's got uh he's got a blueprint, right? Uh, of what he's yep. got to work on. And, and when he talks about the mental part, that was what really hurt Ronald Jones, the mental part. He was young, coming from the West Coast. You know, I mean, it was it was a tough transition for this guy as a 20-year-old to come into the NFL. Keyshawn Vaughn, similar situation, not obviously coming from California, but but you understand what I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's, it's you right. know, we, we all assume, you know, running backs, I just hand them the ball and they just take off from their natural instinct. But there's so many things, and particularly in a Bruce Arians offense, the running back has to do. It's not just, hey, hand in the ball and go see what you can do with it. I mean, there's certain things you've got to do from a mental standpoint. And 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 what happens sometimes, John, and we've all been guilty of this in different aspects of our life, whether it was sports or work or, or relationships, is when we get that opportunity, we want to shine, man. We want, you know, we know our opportunity might be limited, so we want to shine. And then we try and do too much at times. Maybe that was yep. the case with Keyshawn Vaughn a little bit last year. Um, I, I hope he settles down. It's going to be tough to, to crack and get any more carries than he did last year. But what he's got to be able to do is show that he's growing and getting better mm-hmm. because 2022 is going to be the year where he's going to have an opportunity but potentially yep. be a starter because there's nobody else rostered right yep. now that's that's rostered past this, this upcoming right. season. Right. And it would be a shock if he were ever like the feature guy, you'll go into the year and just like the desirable feature guy, but he's going to have an opportunity to win a job next year for sure. And get, and get on the right. field and, and get a part-time role at least, but it depends on his growth this year. He's really got to develop this year and that's going to be big for him. Like I've always said, you really want running backs to hit the ground running in the NFL. If they don't, it's hard to feel great about using a pick on one, especially yeah. when they were a, you know, a top 100 type of pick. What he was he in the seventies, right. you know, you, you love that pick to be a guy that contributes one of the first two years. We're very much squabbling if we're talking about Jason Light missing on a draft pick at this point in time. We get that. Just looking at the context of that pick, you know, that's where you kind of see things with Vaughn. You'd love for the coaches to be like, wow, this year he's going to play a huge role for us. Clearly, the Bucs do not see him that way right now. It's up to him to change their mind. Uh, They wouldn't have added Giovanni Bernardo, I don't think, if they saw him that way. But it's up to him to change their mind, and he's got to do that with his performance, obviously, during OTAs and training camp and and, and, in the preseason action, which he should see Uh, plenty of preseason action. Let me get out of here. Before we get out of here, let me mention this. I will say, I know why they brought in Giovanni Bernard. He is just a natural pass catcher compared to those other three guys. I mean, yeah. if you hit if you hit Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette right in the hands, right in perfect stride, they're probably going to catch the ball. But if they have to make any type of adjustment, and I'll be honest with you, I thought 
some of those things, some of those balls that the Buccaneer running backs got tabbed as drops on last year weren't great throws by Tom Brady, right? A little low, maybe behind him a little bit, not really hitting him in stride. But to be a really good, productive NFL running back, you've still got to be able to adjust and make those catches. That's something that Keyshawn didn't yeah. do particularly well last year. Leonard and, and Ronald both didn't. But, man, we saw it today with um, with with number twenty five. I mean, he just yeah, he's just a whole different animal out there when it comes to catching the ball. He just has you know he catches the ball like a receiver, yeah. but he's got running back ability after he catches the ball. Uh, I mean, I I've said it before. I wrote it. I think Giovanni Bernard was the perfect addition to this backfield. I mean, I really do. I think what his what he can bring as a pass protector, if as long as they use him a ton, they, I just use him a right. lot. I would use him more than I think a lot of people think they are going to use him, but. To me, he's just such an upgrade as a receiver and as a pass protector. And I don't, I mean, yes, I don't think he's a great pure runner, but also, I mean, he was running behind literally one of the worst offensive lines in the yeah. league for years now in Cincinnati. Right. I mean, that's been a bottom bottom three offensive line for three years, maybe more. I mean, I know they had some good lines before that, but you know, he he's and he, he used to be produced early in his career, you know. And he mentioned today it's a totally different scheme for him, and I, that's why I asked him about it today because I was like, I'm thinking about Cincinnati's scheme. Like, yeah, this is totally different even the run scheme is like there's not a lot of zone here you know it's inside zone it looks like duo a lot of time it's duo i mean they're running off these doubles everything's downhill tracks are vertical for the running back when they get the ball so it's probably a lot of change for him i wonder if it could be even better for him to be honest with you because his burst is his best trade and that is really what the backs and the bucks backfield last year really lacked they didn't have great burst and it's a vertical run scheme so burst helps when you're just moving straight ahead so I can't and wait to see earns, him this year. If he earns Tom Brady's trust, uh, he's going to be on the field a lot. And I don't see any reason why he's not going to earn Tom Brady's trust. We know Tom Brady yeah. loves to throw the ball to the running backs. Josh Allen makes a good point. Better runner than James White. Um, I think he's a better fit for the team than James he White. He is a better I mean, fit. And we all – we I, I think that. every one of us all thought James White just makes too much sense. He's a free agent right. in New England. But Bernard wasn't available. Or, you know, exactly. So nobody really saw that coming even, until the right. Bengals made that cut. Yeah. Right. When they cut him, it was like, oh, my gosh, this makes complete sense. Yeah. But we did our Bucks battle plan. We didn't think he was going to even be out there. But, I mean, yeah, no. I think that uh, it's a home run signing. I think he's going to pay dividends for this team. So, cannot wait to see it happen. Uh, tomorrow, Brandon Thorne will be on the podcast. We'll talk offensive line. We'll talk about Ryan Jensen. We'll talk about Pro Football Focus's rankings of the Bucks tackles, guard, center, all of them. We'll talk about Pro Football Focus's focuses rankings where brandon sees those guys compared to where pro football focus saw him might do, there might be a little bit of bashing on him, but brandon some stuff to say this stuff off his chest pro football focus is not as big a ryan jensen fan as as brandon is and so we're gonna put the head to head there a little bit and see how that goes with them but uh, i'm excited to have brandon on he'll give us a lot of insight into robert hainsey as well and we'll have good dialogue about the offensive line and where those guys ceilings can be so make sure you tune in tomorrow that's 3 30 p.m We'll be back on Thursday as well at 4 p.m. with a regularly scheduled show. We're hoping to get Scott back for that show. We'll see. It's going to be a game-time decision maybe with that voice. Today was not a step in the right direction, so we'll keep you updated on that show for Thursday. But until tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. for Mark Cook, I'm John Ledger. Thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out.